What a privilege, Mamish, what a privilege. And like I mentioned last week, we're going to be primarily focusing this year on the Torah of the Tash Rebbe, Be'ez HaShem, the new series called Tash Torah, the Tash Torah series with Meaningful Minute will be beginning today. They're going to be sending out uh, these very highly professionally produced, beautiful, beautiful videos every week uh, via all of their channels specifically. So it's not going to be sent in LPI, but if you are interested in receiving them, you can check them out on Instagram and on the Meaningful Minute app. And Gavalt, uh, yeah, thank you. Uh, wait, wait for this week's Torah. And so you can get all you can get all of that on 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 their um, on their channels. So that's starting today. But in this series of Shiurim, and I want to thank our anonymous sponsor Dafka for this series. We're going to be focusing on the Torahs to learn them inside. Those are like five minute videos, three minute videos, short encapsulation of you know just a small little idea, big ideas, but communicated in a short period of time while these Shi'ir and Be'ezer Hashem allow us to delve much more deeply into these Hasagos to go through them slowly but surely and much like I mentioned last week and for this week it, it's really true I, I, I mentioned that you know so much of the beauty of the Tasha Rebbe's Torah specifically is this element of the practicality of it that ultimately it enables us to go ahead and to it enables us sorry about that it enables us to go ahead and really genuinely tap into an idea, but not just on a theoretical or theological level, but to be able to take it and make it very, very practical. And sometimes that comes across in a way of Musr, even though it's Hasidus, we're gonna see that. Sometimes it comes across in the way of, you know, a little bit strong and a little bit sharp. And I think that it's so unique because it comes across with all the sweetness of who the Tashareba was. And with the whole Taurus of Al Shemtav, you know, that's at the very foundation of everything that he was teaching. And so it goes in, it goes in. But we have to make ourselves strong. We have to be aware that this was his Mahalach, and I find it for me to be very helpful because all the chizik and all the, it's wonderful and it's good and it's true and it's necessary and we need it all. But sometimes, especially in a Shas Aliyah right after the Yom Narayim, it's, uh, you know, we can handle it. We can handle it. And so this piece is no exception. On the contrary, it's a very good example of this. So let's, without further ado, jump right into it. I'm just going to share my screen so we can see the tzaddik's words together. Okay, so we should be able to see the Torah. And this is the fourth sicha in Sefer Avodas HaKodesh or Avodas HaKodesh or Avodat HaKodesh wherever you are and wherever you're from and however you feel comfortable pronouncing it. So this is the fourth discourse in Parshas Noach. And the tzaddik says like this, what a privilege to learn this with you. Thank you for being with me and with us. Says the Yelgit Tzaddik, in the beginning of the parsha, the Pasuk tells us, Kodesh Baruch tells Noach, it's the end. It's Mamish, the end. The first parasha in the Torah is the beginning of the world, is Baresh, is Kim, is how everything got started. And already one parasha later, it's like, you couldn't make this stuff up. You know, it's not, it's not even like, like this is literally the Torah. It's like things were going well for a very limited period of time and then boom, like everything went haywire. And Akkadosh Baruch was already destroying his world. It's like you couldn't wait till Parsha's Lech Lecha, you know? No, right away. Noyach, boom, done. Game over, right? And that's what's happening in this puzzle. It's the end. Perish Rashi HaKadosh, the Helegazisa Rashi. Shlusi Agnolino says the following thing. I'm just going to try to, yeah, make the words a little bit bigger here. One second. The Heilig Rashi says like this, Any place that a person finds immorality, uh, idol worship, some sort of disaster is going to visit upon the world. And it sweeps up both those that are good and both those that are not good. And that's the Midas Hadin that ultimately comes down and manifests itself in everybody's life. Lato for the ultimate level. Kigavar, Aleinu Chazdoi, that any of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's Gvura is ultimately for the level of Chazdoi. Oilam Chesegibana, with all of the Oilam and the Helam that we spoke about last week. That's all part of it. That's true. But... There's a Midas Hadin in the world that's triggered by egotistical behavior that comes in the expression of either Znos or Avodah And that's what Rashi tells us essentially happened with the Mabel, is that there was a great deal of this kind of rampant immorality. But Avodah there was a tremendous amount of idol worship and a lack of focus on the creator of the world and, you know, a... Uh, 
a, a focus on created beings and, and, and a, and a idol, idolization of them, and that caused a disaster that swept up Toivim Virayim. But the next Pasuk says, Kimala Aretz Hamas Mipnei, and the later Pasuk, a few seconds later, says that the world had, been, had become filled with Hamas, which is thievery. And Perish Rashi HaKadosh, Rashi says, and again, although previously Rashi had told us that ultimately what causes a disaster on the scope or magnitude of the Mabel, Znus and Avodah but over here Rashi says something else, no. Loi nechtam gzar hadin or gzar dinam, the ultimate uh, you know, decree wasn't nechtam, wasn't sealed, ela ala gezel, except for gezel. Thievery, stealing. Medikduka ha-mafarshim, medihidika ha-mafarshim, Analyze this, and they say, It looks like Rashi is being so, sir, himself. It looks like Rashi is is uh, contradicting himself. Because the first says, that it seems that what causes a disaster, the magnitude of the Mabel to come to the world and swipe and sweep up and and, and wipe away, Afterwards, he says, no, it was Gezel that was Nechtam Gzardin. You just told me earlier that it was because of Znusan of Adizara that a disaster comes to the world. So what is it about Gezel that was so much stronger that the Gzardin was Nechtam on this element of Gezel? This is the premise of the question in the Diktuk of the Mepharshim. And again, we need to make ourselves strong. It's a little bit, you know, it shakes us up a little bit. Every single morning we say, Hello, Kai, Master of the World, Father in Heaven, our best friend, in Shamayim, Nishamash and Asatabi Tahiri. The soul that you gave me is pure. What a sentence. The soul that you gave me is pure. Essentially pure. Ata Barasa. You created it, you formed it. You have blown it within me. And you guarded and watch it within me. He says there's so much reason to really focus very, very strongly on all of these words. How the master of the world and his incredible mercy and kindness does so much chesed with each and every one of us. And he implants within us a holy soul. No matter what we do, it can't take away. It can cover over maybe, but it cannot absolutely impact and dis- distort and, uh, and, and blemish this essentially holy being, which is a chelik alokamimal, right? Which is a portion of, of God above, so to speak, or a godly portion. And a Kaddish Baruch Hu implants it within a physical body. In order to enable us and to grant us the great merit of connecting ourselves to the Torah and Mitzvahs in this world to use the body much like a driver uses the car as a way to get around, right? And essentially we're a soul and the soul is in this cumbersome thing called a body and that's why babies find it so awkward to move around because they're just not used to it it's like an astronaut putting on a space suit you know it's not it's, it's very clumsy and it takes some time and then we become convinced that we're all about the goof and that's what we spoke about last week in the Indian of Bara vis-a-vis the Indian of Yatsar 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 but beyond that the ultimate reason that a Kaddish Baruch who did this is to give us a body to enable us to perform mitzvahs maisias and in so doing to elevate every single aspect of the physical realm and all the mitzvahs through maisa through machshava with our physical brains and our mouths in the Indian of Dibor, Dibor the Kedusha, the words of Tyra, the words of Tefillah, famously the Baal Shem said that the Teva of Noach wasn't simply an ark, but the Teva of Noach represents and symbolizes each and every word of Torah and Tefillah that we learn. And so when HaKadosh Baruch Hu told Noach, is a very famous Tyra, Boy El Teva, come into the Teva, this means for each and every one of us, for you and I today, that we're not simply expected to read words off a page, but we're expected to enter into those words. We're expected to make ourselves at home in these words, like the Pasik says, Kinim Sateva, and the Berdichever says in Sparks on Berdichev, Parshas Nayach, that's one of the pieces over there, to make our home, it should be our nest in the Teva of Torah and Tfila, Kinim Sateva. That's why Akadosh Baruch Hu gifted us with this Nishama, Elikai Nishama, Shanasata Bi Tahiri. Asher that through this, a person can tap into that incredible spirit 
of Olam Haba while still in this world and then eternally enjoy that portion of closeness with the Kodesh Baruch Hu. That's the purpose. Before HaKadosh Baruch Hu sends the soul into the world and before the person is born. HaKadosh Baruch Hu does an incredible kindness with each and every one of us. That we believe that in the womb, on whatever level, there's a malach that's teaching the child, the fetus, that through this primordial learning of Torah, even before the birth happens into this world, Today, that through this, through this, after having already absorbed the entirety of Torah within our souls, we're going to find the power somehow and the ability to overcome the Yitzhar, if not all the time, then most of the time, but not most of the time, then some of the time. But it's all because of that preface, of that learning. So a person can go ahead and a person can fulfill the mission for which you and I were sent down into this world. And it's a mission. We're not just here, Stam. Each and every one of us is on, a, is on an epic, historically glorious mission. That we're part of the Jewish nation that existed from the very beginning of time, before the beginning of time. Not for our own individual perfection to achieve godless and to achieve tikkun adam. Of course that's true. But you and I are connected to a glorious story. We're the end of that story. We're the last chapter. We're the afterward. We're already, we're already leading into the appendices. You know, it's like, a, you know, the you know, the Shemini and, 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 and so on. The Yom Shikulei Yantiv, the Yom Shikulei Purim, like that Rizal says. But we're here for a reason. We're here to do something incredible, each and every one of us, in our own regular lives. That Superman cape on our, on, our, on our backs, just being regular. We have no idea of what we're accomplishing and what we're doing. So he says, Now that HaKadosh Baruch Hu has done such incredible kindnesses with us, how is it possible or feasible or imaginable that when a person is born, and a person grows up a little bit, and a person starts, like we mentioned, to get used to this thing called the body, and to get used to this thing called time, and to get used to this thing called space. I think that one of the reasons that children are so very impatient, did you notice? Children are so impatient, they cannot wait for anything. Everything has to be right now, right now, right now, right now. They don't have that concept of patience. And I think perhaps one of the reasons for this might be that children are much closer to a realm that's Lamalam and Azman than you and I are. And in Lamala Mazman, the concept of patience doesn't exist. There is no needing to wait. There's no time. Time necessitates waiting because it's not now, it's in 10 minutes. But if you come from a place, Lamala Mazman, so of course everything has to be right now. So it's an effect of the holiness and the spirituality of these Nishamas that they cannot wait for things because it's a frustration for them. But as we get older, and as we lose the princess, and we move from, from, from youth to adulthood, as is explicated in the first chapter of the, of the book, the, of the story of our lives. That really sits at the foundation of all these terrors and of everything that we're teaching and giving over with the help of the master of the world. As we get older and we get used to this thing called life, we wander into a place that is completely and entirely antithetical, certainly not helpful for our mission. Lamalas Taiva's gufa to fulfill the pleasures of the body, Do you know what kind of pain? Do I know what kind of pain? Do we know what kind of pain we're causing to the soul? Shemish Abdaliyas Evid, Al Taiva's Gufa, and we posted Mamish just yesterday this incredible quote from the Heligama Emeashiloch that that's what freedom is, to do whatever we want. Do you know what kind of slavery that is? Do we know that there's no bigger slavery than a person who does whatever the body wants? That the real you and the real me, that's the Neshama, is in chains by that, and that's called freedom? Give me a break. There's no bigger slavery than that. Ezuhu Gibar. That's what it means to be a gibar. That's what it means to be a, a free person, a free man. Is to become a Kaddish Baruch who's evid at our Sinai. And that's the way that we break out of the chains of Mitzrayim, of Mitzaram, of, of the Indian of, of Ervas Haaretz. That's the freedom. Don't write, don't read it rather, that the Luchas, that the Aseris Adibras were etched into the Luchas. Chazal say, Elochairus Alaluchas. This is freedom. Freedom. Can't do this, can't do that, can't do this, can't do that. That's freedom. Guess what? It's a guideline for the body to begin to live in accordance with the deepest desire of the soul. That's called freedom. So the person causes the neshama a tremendous amount of pain. 
to be a slave to this kind of behavior. How can a person be such a kafui toiv? To have such so little gratitude, to appreciate like you know what we have. Now I would argue that the overwhelming majority of people that act in such a way, and the overwhelming majority of the time that you and I act this way because we're human beings, is because either we were never taught or we lose touch with the realization of who I really am, right? But a person that lives in this kind of consciousness, Ev Shar, how could it be that a person would be kafui toiv kol kach lichpar beroiv atoiva shaasi imenu akadosh baruch hu imay akadosh baruch to rebel against and to deny the incredible, incredible, glorious nature of what it is to be a Jew? Hari goizol bezeis akadosh baruch hu. He says it's thievery. We are stealing from akadosh baruch hu kibiachol because akadosh baruch hu put into us funds. And if it's not material funds, and it bless us all that we should experience financial security and never have to worry. But HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave us tremendous spiritual funds. And we are misappropriating those funds when we use them for the purposes of the guf instead of using the guf for the purposes of the neshama. It's a misappropriation. It's a form of gezel. Hari goizel bazeas HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the goizel man shaman, it's a form of thievery from the soul, as a tainag because it can have pleasure in this world, a lot of it. And guess what? Through that, the body also has pleasure also. But level number one is that the soul can have awesome, awesome pleasure in this world. The Hasidic masters didn't really speak so much about the next world. That's for sure true. Oilam HaNashamah is the world of tainug, the in this world, in this world already. Tremendous, tremendous tainug. And when a person refuses that to the soul, that's called gezel. So the Acher is born in a zoo after a person really focuses on this and thinks about this elemental idea. Yavana Adam, a person can understand. This is so foundational. That whatever sin, we don't like to say sin, whatever deviation from the will of a Kaddish Baruch, or whatever step off from the straight and narrow of what we really want, from you know, what, what, whatever you know, deviation for a moment of our deepest innermost desire, no matter what that chait is, Lashen Hara, a person looks in a place he shouldn't look, a person eats something he shouldn't eat, says something he shouldn't say, and so on and so forth. Nichlo boy gam iser gezel. No matter what that chait is and how far removed it is from stealing, but there's an aspect of stealing there too. Like we explained, because he's stealing from Hashem Baruch Hu and he's stealing from the soul. This is the greatest form of thievery. That can awaken, even to say, can awaken in a person's life. Can awaken divine anger, frustration, even more than the actual transgression that a person is doing. The aspect of gezel in the chait has a, has a bigger effect and a stronger effect on high. Because the, the Shekhinah is in tremendous pain from this. That a person is completely denying all the kindness that a Kodesh Baruch is doing for him. Certainly, in the area of immorality, without a question, there's Shefa that's flowing down that can become life, that can become life, that ability that we have. Whether it's a physiological thing for males, whether it's the, the ability to be able to use these capacities that humans have to bring life to the world. And a person takes that, and utilizes those capacities in a way, whether it's physical, whether it's emotional, whatever it is, but utilizes that for the purposes of the ego, for the purposes of the body of gross, physical, tangible pleasure for no reason. Nothing's for free. Nothing's stam. There's not one extra detail in this world. Nothing's for free. And through that, it goes to, goes to a different place. Certainly in an element of, of idol worship, you're stealing, not you, we are stealing, I'm stealing. A person can steal from a Kodesh Baruch who created the world like we saw last week. 
Now that's why there's a bara, like we, saw, like we talked about. That's why there's an element of darkness, of a void, so that we can reveal him in this world. And instead we go ahead and add Hester onto Hester. Goizel, Gezel. We're utilizing the Koach Habriya. Now we can understand that it's deeper than you know, simply the, you know, the, the forces in creation. But the Koach Habriya, a person is utilizing this stage that's been set to reveal God, which is Bria, which is void, which is Bara, Bari, Chayshech, like we learned last week, Bara, this pit, this empty space. Instead, to add on to that Hester by covering it over with ego on top of ego. And to serve a stone and to serve physicality. Again, it's hard to find a greater form of thievery than this. Nimtza we find. That what Rashi tells us, that their hate that caused the Mabel was what? Gezel, I'm sorry, was Nusva Abedazara which was immorality and idol worship. And then in the second Rashi, Shecheta Gezel, who explains that the Mabel came because of Gezel, it's one and the same. It's not a contradiction. It's one and the same. Because within and the premise of an activity that's involved in the element of immorality, it wasn't that they were also stealing. They were stealing by virtue of their immorality. Morality. They were stealing by virtue of their idol worship. That was a gezel. That was a gezel. They were stealing the, the, the holy bounty that's supposed to bring life force to the world, that's supposed to bring another yid to the world, that's supposed to bring an ashama to the world, something kadosh, and they used that for something else. With gezel, as a kadosh baruch of us and ashama, they were stealing from God. They were stealing from the soul. Like we learned. It was that chalik hagezel in the chait of immorality and in the chait of idol worship. Garam aflamala. That's what it means. That lo'nechtam gzardinam ela ala gezel. It was the gezel. It was the element of gezel within the element of idol worship and of immorality. That's what caused it because it's yoisim and etzam achet. That brings about more din to the world even than the actual sin in and of itself. It's that that brought the mabel down to the world. You know what this means? That the decree wasn't sealed or was only sealed over gezel? Hainu. Ki chasimas hagzardin hoisa it's an unbelievable perspective. Unbelievable perspective. So deep. And now he brings it practical. Listen to this. Therefore, when all of us go ahead and we clap al chait for those of us who daven when there's tachnun. So every day we're clapping al chait. And for those of us who are davening Nusach Ashkenaz, so during Slichas and Elul and Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, not Rosh Hashanah, but Yom Kippur, Ashamnu Baganu, and we say, Gazalnu, we stole. Person has to be much more broad-minded than simply assessing, did I steal from someone? I, I never stole something, and if I stole something, I'm going to return it right away. It's much more than that. What's Gazalnu? To daven and to cry over this. Because each and every person has a tremendous, tremendous relationship with thievery. Even if he never took one thing that didn't belong to him. And a person goes through it because, okay, it's part of the Seder Avidu, but I have nothing to do with Gezel. It's not true. It's not true. If a person will assess his or her actions and behavior, a person will see. Because that's what a chait is, it's to steal. And if it's not stealing, it's stealing. There are thievery. There is thievery in the realm of that's the classical thievery to steal something, to take someone something, to steal someone's car. But there's also a thievery and a thievery. Oy, they erhat gegazel in Yiddish. Woe has he stolen. Nishtam gegazel, nor gut gegazel. This is why you could really hear that the tzaddik is not chas coming to beat us over the head. His heart was 
absolutely permeated and overflowing with the sweetness of and it comes from this place of realizing what it is to be a Jew and it comes from this place of realizing just what potential we have and how sad it would be if we wasted it listen to these words again in Yiddish even if you don't understand Yiddish clear the sweetness but he didn't just steal nor good just stealing goodness he's stealing holiness not someone else's wallet. Nor good kegazel. Ukegoyin kasher adam istaka b'makam is us shalosel istaka when a person looks in a place where a person is not allowed to look harihu gazel and that's also thievery. Kolay nitan loy menashemayim koyachariya listaka boy b'makam iser because that's not why the koach of vision was given to a person. That's an element of thievery. Hokamay dekayim alon and the Gemara Bavavasar says hezek riyah shmei hezek that we paskin that there is a concept of hezek riyah of a person's makbed that a person shouldn't look into his field. You're not allowed to look into his field. Why? Because hezek riyah shmei hezek. There's such a thing that there's a mitzias in the world that even looking at something could could have a could have a negative and detrimental impact. When a person looks in such a place, that's an inin of gezela. That wasn't why eyesight was given to you. If a person thinks thoughts that are usher to think, a person thinks hate, hateful thoughts, angry thoughts, anxious thoughts, depressing thoughts. That's also called a little bit of thievery. That wasn't why the power of thought was given to me and you. If a person uses his physical body in such a way of egotism, this is the greatest form of gazela, like we learned. To take something that has the potential to bring holiness into the world, and to send it direct on a direct train to the other to the other side. And from this, he's stealing away from this binion of kedusha that ain't ben david ba. That Mashiach only comes when all the souls, all the holy souls of Am Yisrael are, are going to be brought into the world and born into the world. Listen to this. If a person doesn't go ahead and utilize the platform of parenthood, and today it's very delicate, and a person needs to be with big seichel, big, big, big seichel. I was misbeining today. I was thinking to myself, probably. I don't have statistical proof to back this up. Probably 80% of rules, I can speak certainly for the school systems, they are simply counterproductive. Think of it. Think of it. Schools have rules. I'm lucky enough to teach in a yeshiva mevaseretzion who are much more lax you know, in, in, in these areas and whose guys are, I mean, unbelievable, unbelievable, unbelievable. It's in the modern Orthodox sector, right, which is great and phenomenal. It's a different approach. But I grew up in the more, quote-unquote, Haredi, but that doesn't exist in America, the more right-wing sort of yeshiva systems. And it's like, no, you know, because I, I was thinking today, all these guys are walking around with their smartphones and WhatsApp. And in yeshivas, like, everyone had it, but nobody was allowed to be seen with it. So instead of walking in the hallway, you couldn't find a stall to use the bathroom if you needed to because every single place not only had one or two guys in there crouched over watching movies on screens this big, but it was, it was, it was ridiculous. So what do you accomplish exactly? What do you accomplish? Why are you making rules like this if they are counterproductive? Is there a better way? And so a person needs a lot of seichel in the way of chinuch to know how to speak to children, to know how to speak, to know how to, to know, to know how, to, how to build a holistic relationship where a word that needs to come across in a way of guidance will come across already in the context of a loving relationship that's been built over the 99.999% of positive interactions instead of a whole relationship with a kid being about criticism, 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 and then maybe one time you pat him on the back when he gets an A++ and say, hey, good job. You know, it doesn't go this way. So a person needs a lot of seichel, and I bless us with that seichel. But if a person is not mesim leiv lechanech as bonavu benoisel, al derech atoyer vahayira, and a person just doesn't care about it and shirks the obligation off his shoulder, vein ena bikicha bonav sheyatzlichu b'limudeim, and he takes this attitude of just not caring about how our kids are engaging in Yiddishkeit, and I do not mean, I apologize, I'm just going to plug in my, my laptop one second. Sorry about that. And I do not mean on a quantitative level 
to make sure that they're getting good marks and so and you know and, and, and so on and so forth. But on a qualitative level, to be able to really be in touch and in tune, like I told my guys this morning, a member from Rabbi Grishlito says this, and he's so strong and it's so true. He says the first Shabbos that a from kid breaks is not the first Shabbos he didn't keep. The first Shabbos that a from kid breaks and he goes into his room and he locks the door and he pulls out his phone is not the first Shabbos he didn't keep. It means to say that it's only an indicator that there was something broken a very long period of time ago. If Shabbos means so little to a person that without any very intense trauma or anything like that, not precluding the possibility that people go through things, and they certainly do, what happened here? So what was Shabbos for your kid? What was it and what is it for our kids? So a person who doesn't care, if a person cares and things happen, okay, so we have to understand that there are so many multifarious factors. But parents need to care and they need to not simply let the schools be mechanech. Chinuch, the essence of chinuch starts at home. I say primarily from the mothers, but it primarily starts at home. Gemara to make sure that they're that they're being and they're learning. And he explains and he, and, he, and he sort of shirks responsibility. He says, What do you want from me? I'm only one person. I can't spread myself too thin. I'm trying to put food on the table and so on and so forth. This is called thievery from your children. It's a pella. Because a person is doing this so that he can physically feed his children while starving them spiritually. And every second and moment that a person was supposed to have gone ahead and be mechanech, and I want to get this across a thousand times, that the chinuch does not necessarily mean, hey, come to the dining room table, let's learn something. Chinuch means, hey, let me sit on the floor with you and play the board game with you for an hour. That's also chinuch. That's also part of it. The Torah scroll is not just a Torah scroll in and of itself. It can't be touched on its own. It needs to be lifted with wooden, with wooden poles. Everything holy needs wooden poles. It needs the mundanity of that thing that will enable us to grab hold of it. Chinuch is no different. So there need to be wooden poles. There needs to be a context of a relationship built solely and exclusively outside the context of religion, just on the level of father-son mutual respect relationship. Then, once the context and the kli has been created, will be a lot more open to coming and sitting with, and learning with you when, you when he realizes it's not about you trying to control or overreach. or It's something else. It's another way that he can connect with the father that he loves, right? So the and he didn't do this, that's thievery. And if they're going to be lacking... Like it's, you know, it's, again, I, I don't usually like speaking this way, but this is the tzaddik's derech. It's sort of his fault, right? It's sort of his fault. And the same goes for teachers. And, and, and those that are giving over shiurim. That have been appointed from heaven to go ahead and to get involved in this holy way. Needs to give himself over all of him to every single student like it was his child. And to give over all of his power and all of his strength into their student. She is God that they should grow into big people. Into big people. And a person is going to be misrape. A person is going to go ahead and let go. There's a Nanach van driving back, driving past. Welcome to Yerushalayim. So that might be the sound that you hear. But um, but but um, a person who doesn't engage with this strongly, that's withholding good from its owner, like the Pasig Mishlei says, with Goizel as and that's an element of thievery as well. And he doesn't go through all of these, but he's just giving examples. In every area of life, when we're not manifesting the potential, not our personal potential, but the potential for which we were sent to this world to serve, not ourselves, but the master of heaven and earth, and to step up like a soldier in an army, to be able to bind ourselves with all generations past in a glorious enterprise, not necessarily on paper that everybody can see, wow, we did this, that, and the other thing, the regular, the regular, the regular, you know, like just 
like Superman, with, you know, without the cape, like Clark Kent, you know, that's mamish how it is. The regular brachas that we make, and the regular tefillahs that we daven, and the regular kiddush Hashem that we try to make, and the regular tikkun amidas, and so on and so forth. Ain't l'shayer. What we can do, what we need to do, what we must do, and when we don't, it's an Indian of Gezel. He says, like a student in Yeshiva, Asher Mariv Benafshi, live for its Gezel with Akonasa Yeshiva. A person who's just not interested in any of the rules, and again, they need to be rules with Chachman that are realistic. In his Yeshiva, they had a very strong rule, and it shows up a number of times, not to go into another person's room. Obviously, they were trying to prevent certain, you know, unpleasant things from taking place. But maybe in the oven, that seems pretty clear for Indian Kedusha. Not to go into the cheder ayishena. Neged atakana sheyisadnu behisyastu sayishiva reugazlin. That's called stealing. Kinichnas legvul sheinishalai. That's also called stealing. V'darach b'makam shenasalav l'derach sham. You're stepping on a place where it's aser to step. V'chein yish oyrafanim. And there are many other ways. Asher adam nichshav isuzevlo yoydim. And a person doesn't even think about it. And a person says, "Oh, what did I do already? What did I do? What did I do?" Okay, so small little thing, but you don't realize it. I don't realize that within that deep within and in Side is the union of Gezel that's Chamor Adlim Oid Lim Oid. Even if a person didn't take anything that belongs to somebody else, there's Gezel there. Kuganimus Alam Avedoshin Matzah, a person's walking down the street and he finds something and a person says, eh, I can't bother with you know going ahead and trying to figure out who lost this thing and a person keeps on walking. Shemavad Mashemavatal Mitzvah Saseda Shavas Avedo that despite the fact that a person is being Mavatal Mitzvah Saseva, Ivra Allah the Lysuchalis Alim and a person is Ivra Allah the Lysuchalis Alim that a person is not allowed to simply keep on walking over gam al iser loy sigzo that's also called gazel but you didn't take it for yourself you kept on walking gazel ki goizel is balavedu that's a form of gazel as well why were you giving hands to pick this thing up and to go ahead and to give it back to the person who it belonged to and if we don't do that so it's not clear it's not written down it's not barur but that element of thievery comes along with it. So many elements of being Adam Lachaveri, This element of Lesigzal comes along with it. A person pains another person. Should never know from such a thing or ever see a person being pained by somebody. Certainly not children. And to stand on a Mishmar, if there's one thing we teach our kids is Chas Vishalom, Chas Milahaskir, to ever cause pain to another kid ever under any circumstances this should be the most important thing that we give over that bullying has zero makum and tolerance at all at all at all at all at all at all this is something to knock into our kids mamish 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 to care for other people's desire to be emotionally sensitive and when a person pains somebody else it's not just busha and it's not just Causing pain to another person. It's gezel. There's an element of gezel there as well. To help somebody. Or to give someone chizik. All of us can do it. Speak to a person for a couple of minutes. Person's going through. You speak to somebody. Give chizik. To listen to someone, even just to listen, as we're going to see in a minute from this wondrous story that's worth the whole safer, really, for the story we're about to read together. What a privilege. What a privilege. It's a little bit sharp, but it's also sweet. And it's also, you know, shakes us up a little bit. It's like, you know, Montreal was very cold. You know, you go into a cold mikveh. That's, that's, that's what's coming out of Montreal. It's warm, but it also shocks you a bit. It certainly shocks me. And a person refused to, to, to do that. That is as well stealing something that belongs to his friend because the only reason that I have ears is to listen to somebody else's tzar. And if I refuse to do that, for whatever reason, whatever cheshbin, within reason, obviously, I can't spend the whole day, you know. Obviously, a person has to make cheshbonus and with seichel, realistically, but if a person doesn't listen, he's stealing. He's stealing from his friend and he's stealing from himself, from his neshama. Listen to this story. When the Taz left the city Lemberg and he traveled to the city of Krakow, lived back there to visit his father-in-law. Famously, the Bach and the Taz, right? The two Baal Pluktas on Shulchan Aruch, the Bach and the Taz and Archaim, 
ultimately, ultimately, ultimately were father-in-law and son-in-law. Imagine what that Shabbos table looked like. Imagine what that is, the Baal, you know, the, 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 the Taz and the Bach. So the Taz went to leave Lemberg and to travel to Krakow so that he could have a meeting and so that he could visit his father-in-law, the prestigious Bach. At that time, the Baliamuka, the Megaliamukas, was a big Makobal. The Hasidim were so much Mechab, the Megaliamukas, unbelievable, unbelievable tires. So the Megaliamukas also lived in Krakow, in the city where the Bach lived. And the Taz leaves Lemberg and he comes to visit the Bach in Krakow. And in Krakow also lived the Megalia and at that point he was very young. An Avrich. When the Taz came to the city, obviously, of course, you could imagine Sadik Balayir, and everybody comes forth, and they all want to greet him, and men, women, and children, everybody rushes forth to come and meet and to see and to catch a glimpse of the shining face of the Heliga Taz. But the Megali Amukas did not. He didn't go out to meet him. When he passed by him in shul, he didn't ask, how are you? Good to see you. Ignored him. The Megali Amukas ignored the Taz on his visit to Krakow. They davened in the same shul. He didn't look at him. Everybody said, what's going on here? How, who does this Megali Amukas think he is? That he's going ahead and not recognizing the incredible stature and Torah and Yerushalayim of the person called the Taz and he's ki'ilu pretending he's not here. What kind of bizayon atayra is this? Until the leaders of the congregation got together and decided that they needed to somehow censor and, and, and punish censure and, and punish the, 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 the Megala Amukas because of this bizarre behavior. One of the Matzah Shabbosos during this period of time, Yashvu, or Yeshvu Tuveakol, all the very prestigious members of the congregation sat down to have a meeting about this. To go ahead and to meet about this and to discuss what should be done. And they decided, and they decided, can't make this stuff up, to put him in Cherim. Because of this incredible breach, at least that's how they perceived it, this incredible breach in Kavarat Torah. At that time, at that very moment, while they're sitting there writing up and drafting you know, this cheirim against the Megala Amukas, somebody came to him, to come and to ask for Yeshua, to ask for salvation for the Megala Amukas prayers. And the Megala Mukas said to this person, Go now to the Beis HaMedrash. You're going to walk in there and see that the most prestigious members of the congregation are writing a letter. Grab it from them and rip it. Rip it into shreds. And if you do this, you're going to merit to a salvation. Without asking a question, is what he did. The tzaddik goyzer, he runs out to the base of Medrash. He grabs it out of their hands, rips it up, runs out. So the came Chashtar Nikro after the paper that they had spent time drafting up and writing and working on the exact lettering and wording and so on and so forth. After it was ripped up, they said, "Okay, okay. Well, you know, what can we do? We'll try to sit down again tomorrow night." But it got pushed off and pushed off and pushed off and never ended up happening. After a few days had passed, then the Megala walked over to the Taz and he asked him, How are you? And he apologized about the behavior that he'd been acting toward the Taz in such a way of not really recognizing his presence at all or being mechabed him. And he explained the reason. Listen to this. This is such a powerful story to take with you. He explained. He said, When you were leaving, said the Megala Mukas to the Taz, when you were leaving Lemberg to come visit Krakow, 
Just like they came to greet you when you arrived in Krakow, when you were leaving Lemberg, the whole community came out, men, women, children. They were accompanying you, and among them was an Amana, who was a widower. Or, or a widow. And she started to cry. And she was screaming out. She wanted to approach the Taz. She wanted to access the Taz. And he heard her crying. And he didn't turn to her. Said the Megalayamukas to the Taz. Because of this, that he didn't turn to this widow. And Shemayim was awakened Xera on him. Because he had closed his ears from listening to the cry of a widow of a Gazrel of Cherem. And in Shemayim, they were Gezer on the Taz Cherem. So he said, I knew about this Cherem because the Megalei Mukas is privy to what happens in Shemayim. So in this world, nobody knew about it, but the Megalei Mukas knew. So he said, I couldn't give you Shalom because you were in Cherem. Until the days of the Cherem were over. This is not the end of the story. Amrlai Hataz. What do you want from me? This is not the first time. She came to me day after day after day after day. And he's cry, she's crying about her son who's sick. I can't help her. Because what can I do? She wants of me something that is not in my capacity to do for her. I know what she wants. She has come to me about this in the past and I tried to explain to her, I cannot help you as much as I may want to. I cannot help you. What did you want from me? What did Shemayim want from me? Listen to this. You know what they wanted you to do? Turn around and look at her. Just to listen to her. And to take part in her pain. That's what they wanted for me and Shemai. Not to help her. Sometimes you can't help a person. But to listen to a person. To carry a person's burden. To let a person know that they're not alone in the world. Because of this, it was nigzar on you, Echeirim and Shemai. Says the Hilgatasha Rebbe, Harilanu Musr Naira. This is an awesome, awesome, awesome Musr. How a person has to be careful. Don't overlook things. Don't overlook things. Don't overlook things. Don't overlook things. However, I want to tell you, I had a very unfortunate situation of being in a hospital for a reason that I'm not going to divulge in this forum right now. Baruch Hashem, everything's okay. But I had to spend yesterday morning a large portion of it in the hospital, in the emergency room many hours and while I was there trying to be of assistance for somebody else me and a couple of chevra that were there at that time heard screaming 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 a hoarse cry coming from behind one of the curtains screaming and screaming and screaming and it's not stopping and that means that nobody's paying attention to what's going on over here so without railing against Israel and the Israeli culture and the Israeli attitudes and so on and so forth or the nature of an overworked emergency room everybody's very busy and so on and so forth at a certain point it's like Forget about, I don't care who this person is, it's humanitarian not to allow a person to stay in a bed screaming on top of his lungs without anybody helping. So him and I went over to this person, we pulled aside the curtain, and here before us is an 88-year-old Holocaust survivor screaming on the top of his lungs in Yiddish, Ich will nicht leben. Ich will nicht leben. I don't want to live. I don't want to live. Screaming on top of his lungs. We stood there, likely for a half hour, just stroking his hands. I was talking to him a little bit in Yiddish, whatever I can. Where are you from? He's from Romania. He's from Romania. I heard afterwards, because I had to leave early, I had to teach, but the, the Yid that stayed there said that his family came afterwards. And they told him a little bit of his story. This person saw his mother shot in front of his eyes when he was a little child. Rachman al-Tzlan grew up in Romania by the Nazis, is a person who lost everything, who picked himself up and moved to Eretz Yisrael, built a business, fought in three wars, a war hero. And I hear he's laying in an emergency room bed, screaming on top of his lungs, Do you know what would have been if me and this person would not have listened? We wouldn't simply have been guilty of not listening and not paying attention to another person's sorrow. We would have been guilty of gazela. That's what we would have been guilty of. 
And I think that anybody who didn't listen to that and anybody who didn't think for a second, hey, you know something, maybe it's worth actually stopping to hand out all the food to everybody. Maybe go over and just, you know, find out like what's going on with this person. Gzela. Gzela. And the Kodesh Baruch will be machaper on them. And Bezer Hashem, everybody's growing and everybody's trying to do what they can. And, and we're all, you know, we're, we're, we're all imperfect. And I, I, not we're all, I'm imperfect just as the next person. And we're all trying. But that's called Gezel. And Chazi Hashem, I was able to be there. And me and this Yid were, were able to be there. We weren't even there for that. We were there for something completely different, which is a Sipur Aroch in and of itself. The reason why we were there is insane. But beyond that, we were, able to, we were able to stand there and hold somebody's hand. Could I help him? I don't know. I didn't. He, he thought he was in America. I'm saying the person was had dementia or something. I don't know. He, he, didn't, he was so disoriented. He didn't know where he was. I can't help him. I'm not a doctor. I don't know what he needed. I don't know where he came from. I don't know where he went. They thought I was his family. The nurses came over to me. They, and they started asking me questions. I said, I don't know who this person is. Just because I stood there and held his hand, I'm his family member now. I'm a human. I hope to be human. And to not do that is gazelle. So Chazi Hashem, you know, this is what it is, Chevra. To be able to have our eyes and ears open to the purpose for why we were put into this world. Not for our own little inyanim, to say, I am here, l'sheirut, I'm here to serve. And the form of that service is multifaceted. To have our eyes and ears wide open to say, if I can be there for somebody, in whatever way, in whatever way that I can, This is the reason that we were sent to this world. And to refrain from this and to hold back from this is Gezel Mamish. In addition to everything else, it is Brit's Gezel. Or rather, one step ahead. Again, I couldn't help him, but I could listen to him. I could listen to him and I could respect him and I can tell him, like I told him, it's a schus for me to stand here in your presence which of course it was, and of course it is. And to give him strength, he have a seder, he have a seder. This is a good place. He was so scared. This is a person who fought in three wars and went through the Holocaust. He was petrified, he was shaking, didn't know what was going on. I couldn't help him, but I could listen to him. And a matzah where we can listen to the cave lave, to the heartbroken nature of people's stories. You don't need to have the money to be able to help the person standing at the door, but you can listen to his story. You can give a person a hug. I used to say, And it's real, it's real, it's real. You think it's a joke, it's stupid, you know, okay, but you didn't give him money, but you gave him life. The Ramam says more important than the money you give a person is the smile with which you give it to them. And you strengthen him. If we withhold this from people, this is Gezel. That we should have been strengthening him with. And here we come to the end. So if a person is going to get angry, they remove all holiness from a person in a state of anger. That's stealing from the Chiyas. That he should have channeled into Torah and Tfilim. On bringing it to a different place. The Zara Kaddish says that in anybody who gets angry, Wasting time. That's stealing. It's not wasting time. It's stealing time because it's not our time to waste. It's God's time. It's the Nishama's time. And so wasting time is the same thing as wasting somebody else's something because it's not yours. It's not mine. And so it's stealing. So we call it wasting somebody else's thing, but that's thievery. Time is precious. Every breath is precious. What a privilege to be in this world. There's so much to do. We can do so much. We're going to do so much. It's like robbery. Robbery. To waste words. Just stam. It's wasting, wasting, wasting. There's a little bit of your soul that goes out of you every time you speak. And to make a cheshben chevra, again, I don't want to be mekatrig and chas v'shalom, and I'm predominantly speaking to myself, but a person makes a cheshben. We have this thing called WhatsApp. 
In my opinion, there is no reason for a Jew to be on a WhatsApp group that's not specifically related either to family, to chesed, or to Tyra. To be on a politics group, place where just stam the whole day back and forth fighting about things, what's going on here? He's a bitulzman. What a bitulzman. These are tools that are given to us to utilize for holiness. To be a Jew is not a simple thing. We're a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of a fraction. We're a generation that's like the, like the phoenix rose up from the ashes. Not to, to waste our time. Not to waste our time. We carry six million on our shoulders. We are charged with rebuilding Yiddishkeit. And we did that institutionally, but now it's up to you and me to bring the soul back into it, to bring the heart back into it, to bring body and soul together. We can't be wasting our time with Shtuyot. It's Gezel. It's not ours. Life is not ours. Neshama shenasata bi. Shenasata bi. You gave it to me. It's not mine. It's yours. There's, there's life force that leaves when a person wastes time just speaking inanities. This steals away from the, from, the, from the realm of Kedusha. And it brings it to the other side. You can't mix oil and water. If you ever tried, you can't mix oil and water. A mouth that speaks cannot mix it cannot be then used in a proper way to speak words of, of Torah and Tefillah. And here we're coming to the end. I know it's heavy. I know it's heavy. I know it's heavy, but it's real. If a person focuses all the person's mind and efforts into the Indian of business, that even at the time of learning or davening in the Koyach, he already used all of his brain power and energy and he has no element of being able able to devote to Yiddish that's stealing from learning. And the same thing If a person only learns and because of that he cuts corners and davening, he doesn't say carbonus because he got to comes late so that it can and leaves early. Because there's a time for davening and there's a time for learning. And if a person invests too much energy in one to the detriment to the other, that's gazel. Anything that a person says, ah, that's not important because I'm busy with something else, but it comes the time to blow shoifer and a person's busy doing the dafyomi because like the Rav Shimshim Pincus writes, and the Akdam Tashar Mitfila, if a person pushes off because he's too busy learning, that's time that belongs to Tefillah. And if a person is supposed to be learning and a person is too busy davening, the same thing also applies. Both have their own individual times for themselves. And Yiddishkeit needs to be broad. There's so much to do. There's so much we're doing and we're good. And not to allow any of these sharp words to be who are holy and pure and trying the best that they can and mom is doing the best that they can with the tools that they're given. Chas not to make this sound as if Jews are doing things that they're not supposed to do. Am Yisrael is lichtig, we're shining, we're brilliant, we're wondrous. It was through Gezel that the Mabel came to the world. Of course, he finishes with a positive thing. The opposite will also be true. That when a person nishmar men Gezel guards himself or herself from the sin of Gezel. Not just, again, in the classical sense of in the Indian of taking something that doesn't belong to us, but Gezel beklali. When we call nidnud, va'ava gezel, any tiny element of thievery that might exist in any form of misbehavior, g'v'yachol, mekayim b'zeh we're mamish fortifying the world. Because if that's what brought the Mabel to destroy the world, now imagine what kind of fortification you and I are doing when we are conscious of this. And when we do everything in our power to mamish invest our kochos to make sure that we're not stealing away from who we are and what we can do with the other people that we can help in whatever way that we can, even if just by listening to them and holding their hand. 
and it brings tremendous shefa to the world. They were reading already. We're going to become sources of blessing called completely filled with blessing. May your source be filled with blessing. Send upon us tremendous, tremendous, tremendous flow of life force and holiness and bracha from the heavenly storehouses of blessing above. Amen. Cain. Chevra, mamish, a privilege. I just want to reiterate with the last minute that we have left. The point over here is not to make us feel bad. The point over here is not to, you know, bang us over the head with this hammer and I can't, I can't, I can't, you know, oh my gosh, I didn't even realize. I thought I was bad enough and it turns out that I was actually stealing on top of everything. That's not the point here. The point is, but to be able to be aware of this now, we can do a lot. We're going to do a lot. We're doing phenomenally well. And may we all be together, all of Am Yisrael, to continue on this trajectory, to stay conscious, focused. It's bigger than me. It's bigger than you. It's all of us together. It's all of us together. What a privilege. Mamish, what a privilege. Okay, so Heather, we're going to stop here.